Today on The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe. Here then is the third commandment. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, confess your sin regarding this commandment. Ask the Spirit of God to cleanse your heart, your mouth, your very life. Paul says, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Welcome to The Verdict, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor John Monroe. Names are important, wouldn't you agree? And doesn't it make sense that the name of the Lord is particularly important and should be respected and set apart? Today on The Verdict, we're learning why God's name is so precious and why we're commanded not to take the Lord's name in vain. Now, to help us get a fresh look at the third commandment, here's Pastor John Monroe. As we continue our study of the Ten Commandments, today we're looking at the third commandment. The third commandment is short. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. On the face of it, this command seems strange. Why is this one of the Ten Commandments? Why are we not to take the Lord's name in vain? I mean, what does it mean to take his name in vain? Think of the process of choosing a child's name. Names are personal. Names are significant. They carry meaning. And today we will learn that the name of the Lord is very important. Listen closely as we learn how precious and how exalted is the name of the Lord. In the first commandment, we learned that there is only one true God. He and He alone is to be worshipped. He, ha- he must have no rivals. He and He alone is supreme and must be number one in our lives. That's the first commandment. The second commandment deals with worshipping the true God in a true way. It is possible that we who want to worship God worship Him incorrectly. And we learned that worship is not putting on a show. It's not showing the skill of the musicians as if we were kind of some spiritual form of American idol. It's nothing to do with that. No, true worship, Jesus said, is worshiping in spirit and in truth. Today, we come to the third commandment. You must not take the name of the Lord in vain. Perhaps you feel that this is one commandment that you do observe as you think of making Uh, the Lord number one in your life, which one of us would say that we do that perfectly. When we think about worshiping the God, the true God in a true way, we would say, well, from time to time we've been distracted. We've worshiped ourselves, our ego, and other things have got into place. But as we come to this commandment, we say, well, I think I'm going to do all right on this one. Well, let's consider it. Let's open our Bibles to Exodus chapter 20, which contains the account of the Ten Commandments. And we come to verse 7 where we have the third commandment. Exodus, the second book in the Old Testament, chapter 20, and here is the third commandment. I'm going to read it first from the New American Standard Version and then from the New International Version. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Here it is in the NIV. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses His name. Very clear, very direct, on the face of it, very understandable. 
it is telling us, among other things, that the Lord's name is very precious. I want you to understand that, that the Lord's name is very, very precious. The old chorus went, Jesus is the sweetest name I know, and He's just the same as His lovely name. And that's the reason why I love Him so, because Jesus is the sweetest name I know. The Lord's name is a very sweet name. It is a very precious name. Now, that shouldn't be very difficult to understand, because your name and my name are very important to us. In my generation, at least in Scotland, the eldest son uh, was called after his paternal grandfather. So my older brother was called after our paternal grandfather called George Monroe. No middle name, simply George Monroe. Number two in the family, number two son, myself, I then was named after my maternal grandfather. His name was John Hay. Hay being one of the Scottish clan, so don't laugh at it. I like my name. So I was given the name John Hay Monroe. My number three in our family, another boy, was called after our maternal great-grandfather, whose name was James Smith. So the brother just below me was called James, Thomas after my father, Smith Monroe. You say, what about your three youngest brothers? I think my, my parents gave up on that system, and uh, perhaps rather wisely, and they simply then chose names that they liked. But however you choose your name, uh, your name is important. Parents, how did you choose your child's name? You get a list of all of the names of all of the boys and girls and, and go through them? Or, like my parents, do you name uh, your sons and your daughters after your parents or grandparents or a, a dear friend or some other way? Whatever the process of choosing the name, I think all of us would agree that names are very, very important to us. None of us uh, would like an odd name, although there was a, an attorney whose name was Mr. Odd. <laughs> of course, that attracted a lot of silly juvenile jokes. People used to call up and say, can I speak to the odd lawyer? Or put me through to the odd ball or the odd guy. And he got tired of it. Bad enough being an attorney and getting jokes about that, but when your name is Mr. Odd and you're an attorney, you're going to attract a lot of jokes. So he got tired of it, and he stipulated in his will that when he died, his name would not be put on the tombstone, but rather they would have a simple inscription, here lies an honest lawyer. And so his family, in respect uh, to Mr. Odd, did that. Uh, they died, he was buried, they put up the stone and put on the simple inscription, here lies an honest lawyer. And when people visited the cemetery and read the inscription, here lies an honest lawyer, they said, that's odd, that's odd. <laughs> so, <laughs> but our name is important to us. The Bible tells us that a good name is to be more desired than great riches. You would rather that your name was loved and respected than be very wealthy. We know wealthy people, but their name is disrespected. They have a bad reputation. A good name is more to be desired than great riches. We don't want our name to be slandered. We don't want our personal name to be ridiculed. It is very important to us. And certainly, we would not use our mother's name or our child's name as a curse word, would we? Is there anyone here that would use the name of your mother? the name of your child as a curse word. It is inconceivable to us. Now, if that is true, and it is, 
Think of this, of the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is very, very important. The name of the Lord is precious. The name of the Lord is profoundly significant. Why is the name of the Lord not to be taken in vain? Why, with only ten commandments, why would the Lord choose that the third commandment would be this? Why make such a big deal, we would say, about a name? Why is it so wrong to misuse the name of the Lord? The Lord's name is very precious. We read from Psalm 8, and the teen sang so well, reminding us that the Lord's name is majestic in all of the world. The psalmist says in Psalm 113, Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forever. From the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. Today and forever we are to praise and honor and exalt the name of the Lord. Psalm 105 verse 3, we read that to worship is to glory in God's holy name. And as we read the Bible, we begin to understand that God reveals who He is through His names. And to understand the various meanings of the name of the Lord is to begin to understand who God is. God's name is inseparable from who He is. Now, we learned when we considered the first commandment, when we're told here in Exodus 20, verse 2, I am the Lord, your God, we learned that word translated Lord in most of our Bibles is a translation of the Hebrew word Yahweh. He is the Lord. He is Yahweh. I am who I am. I will be who I will be. That is the Lord, Yahweh, translated Jehovah in the Old King James Bible. The Lord is the independent, supreme, and self-existent God. He is the uncaused cause, independent of, rather dependent on no one or nothing, nothing outside of himself does he need to depend on? He is self-existent. Who is he? He is Yahweh. I am who I am. A name regarded in such reverence by the Jewish people that they would not even pronounce that name Lord aloud. The Lord's name is very precious. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all of the earth. Now consider with me very quickly some of the names of the Lord. Here is the first one, Elohim. Genesis 1 verse 1, how does the Bible begin? In the beginning, God, Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. God is the creator of the heavens and the earth. We are therefore to honor God and to hallow His name because He is the creator. He is Elohim. Genesis 14 verse 2, we read that God is El Elyon. Translated normally, He is God the Most High. There is no one higher. There is no higher name than El Elyon. This name stresses his sovereignty and his rule. Do you respect God, El Elyon, as the most high? Do you submit to his rule? Why is it so wrong to take his name in vain? He is El Elyon. He is the most high. Who are we to take such a powerful name in vain and misuse it? Genesis 17, verse 1, God reveals Himself to Abraham in this beautiful name in Hebrew, El Shaddai, the Almighty God. There is no stronger, 
There is no more powerful name than this one. He is not just a God. He's not just powerful. He is all-powerful, and he must be respected. He must be honored. When we come to Genesis 22 in that wonderful story of Abraham and Isaac, where Abraham is prepared to sacrifice his own son, and then the Lord intervenes, we come across this wonderful name, Yahweh Jireh. The Lord will provide. My grandfather, John Hay, after whom I'm named, uh, was a fisherman all of his life. And I remember going each summer to their home, and uh, by the side of the fire, the open fire in those days, uh, there was a matchbox. And the matchbox was in a little piece of metal. It had a container. And on this piece of metal, it looked kind of silver-like. I'm sure it wasn't silver. Uh, my grandparents were, were very poor. But my grandfather had, a, had inscribed Jehovah Jireh. I said to my granddad, granddad, what's that? He explained, it means the Lord will provide. Granddad, does God always provide? Yes, he does. Through the difficult days of the war, when the fishing was very poor, God always provided. He is the Lord who provides Yahweh Jireh. Why would you take in vain? Why would you misuse the name of the one who is our great provider? And then we come to Exodus 17, verse 15. We read of this wonderful name, Yahweh Nisai, the Lord is our banner. Remember that song, his banner over us is love. God is our banner. God is our protector. You're here this morning, brother, sister, and you're going through some suffering uh, here, your faith can be strengthened over you, is Yahweh Nizai. The Lord is your banner over you. He is your protector. Rest under Him. When we come to the New Testament, uh, when the Word becomes flesh and dwells among us, there are various names given uh, to God's wonderful Son. Here is one of them that we love, Emmanuel. What does it mean? God with us. The Lord of hosts is with us, Psalm 46, but now in Jesus Christ, in physical, visible form, the invisible God has now become visible, and this God is with us. Not a remote God, but a God who is with us. He's with us now. He's with us in life. Yesterday, I had the privilege of officiating at a funeral, and we were reminded that this God is always with us in all of life. You say, what happens if I receive a terminal illness, if I, if I have dementia, if I have Alzheimer's, if I go through some terrible suffering? Emmanuel, the Lord will be with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Oh, what about when I go through death? No, the Lord is still there in life in death, through death, and for all of eternity, we are forever with the Lord. His name is Emmanuel. You understand then why you are to take His name so reverently, and you are to honor and hallow that name, and why it's so wrong to take His name in vain. These precious names and others of the Lord reveal His character, His reputation, His nature. Therefore, to take the name of the Lord in vain is an attack 
on the very character and reputation of God Himself. It's really to say that this name is worthless. No, with the psalmist we say, Psalm 148, verse 13, let them praise the name of the Lord, for His name alone is exalted. His glory is above heaven and earth. The Lord's name, don't forget it. The Lord's name is very, very precious. Therefore, we join the psalmist who says in that wonderful psalm, Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. We bless and exalt the name of the Lord because it's so precious. It comes before all other names. His name is the highest. It is the most exalted. It is the most precious. It is the eternal name, none higher. And it must not, it must not be taken in vain. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Now you say, in what ways can we break this commandment? Well, we've seen, number one, that the Lord's name is precious. Number two, we break this commandment when we profane the Lord's name. We break this commandment when we profane the Lord's name. Let me give you three ways in which we may profane the Lord's name and so break this commandment. Number one, we can profane the Lord's name by using the Lord's name as a swear word. That's very obvious, isn't it? Profanity, let me remind you, is a breach of this commandment. You shall not swear falsely by my name so as to profane the name of your God, I am Yahweh, the Lord, Leviticus 19, verse 12. People use God's name. People use Jesus' name. People use, use Christ's name as swear words. When they say Jesus, when they say Christ, they hardly realize what they're saying. And sometimes they say, and you've heard them say to you as they've said it to me, oh, that's no big deal. That's just the way. I don't mean anything by that. Uh, why make such a big deal about it? It isn't that bad. It is bad. They curse and use the precious names of the Lord Almighty, of Jesus, of Christ the Messiah as swear words. They use them in anger. This is profanity, and it's a breach of the third commandment. Rob Schenk tells a story some years ago after a long speaking itinerary in the Midwest, I boarded a late-night flight to return home. I was tired and looking forward to a rest. Sitting behind me in the airplane were two salesmen whose conversation was peppered with profanity. I had finally had it when they began running the Lord's name into the gutter. I raised myself up from my seat and turned around so that I was looking down on them from my perch. I asked, are either of you in the ministry? The one in the aisle raised his eyebrows incredulously and said, what that would ever make you think that? Well, I'm in the ministry, I said with a smile, and I'm amazed at your communication skills. You just said, God, damn, hell, and Jesus Christ in one sentence. I can't get all of that into one sermon. <laughs> I thought, pretty well put. He says they both blushed. I didn't hear another word from them for the remainder of the flight. As I say, would you use your mother or father's name as a curse word? Personally, I would never even think of it. Would you want someone to use the name of your 
husband, your wife, your child, your best friend as a profanity, the commandment says, the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. The Lord will not leave him guiltless. The commandment is telling us this is serious. This is a big one. You may hear it all of the time in your office. You may hear it all of the time in the factory, in the school where you are, but this is very, very serious. And men particularly are prone to profanity. It's not to say that women are not profane. I've heard profane women, but men are more prone to it. Men, some of you sitting here, use profanity from time to time. You get angry, you get ticked off, and you profane the name of the Lord. Will you, this day, with God's help and in His grace, say, I will end all profanity. The Lord's name is very, very precious. Secondly, we can profane the Lord's name by using the Lord's name carelessly. Not only does this commandment prohibit profanity and swearing, it certainly does that. It prohibits the careless, thoughtless, and flippant use of the Lord's name, which is so common. Increasingly, and I don't know where this came, But increasingly in our society, you hear it all the time on television, wherever you are, when someone is excited, when someone is ticked off, what do they say? Oh my God. You hear this over and over and over again. You say, do you know anything about this God? Oh my God. Or oh Lord. Or good Lord. Or for God's sake. Or for, for a little, maybe better mannered, they would say, for goodness sake or heaven's sake. All of these breaches of this commandment. Or someone talks about the Lord as the big man upstairs. The big man upstairs. The eternal God. The creator of the heavens and the earth. And you're reducing him to some big guy upstairs. All of this is breaking the third commandment. Parents, teach your children not to use any of these expressions. I know we're surrounded by them. Teach them to regard the Lord's name as very, very precious, to be used reverently, respectfully, yes, with joy, but with great respect. Don't use God's name. Don't use Christ's name carelessly. This is The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe and a message titled, The Third Commandment, In God's Name. We'll continue on tomorrow's program, but remember, you can always find John's teaching online at theverdict.org. And as we continue our study on the Ten Commandments, we want to make sure you get your copy of our special workbook. This printable listening guide will help you follow along as we study each of the Ten Commandments and get a deeper understanding of these important laws of God. With insightful notes and helpful study questions, this comprehensive resource is a great way to get even more out of these daily messages, and it's completely free to download. So get your copy of the Ten Commandments guidebook by visiting us online at theverdict.org. And we also invite you to join in what God is doing through these daily biblical messages by supporting us with a financial gift. Your generous contributions will help us give the gift of God's Word to new listeners all around the world. And you can make a special gift today by going online to theverdict.org or set up your donation over the phone by dialing 833-551-2231. You can also send your gift in the mail to The Verdict, 
care of Calvary Church, 5801 Pineville Matthews Road, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28226. And before we close, let me invite you to come worship with us this Sunday morning at Calvary Church, home of The Verdict. You'll find details and directions online at theverdict.org. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe. Well, what's your verdict? I think you would be upset if someone said derogatory things about your family name. Today, we learned that the names of the Lord reveal His character and His nature. Perhaps you've fallen into the very bad habit of taking the Lord's name in vain. Ask God to help you stop using His name in vain. Learn instead to love and revere the name of the Lord. And join me next time as we identify various ways in which we break the third commandment and so profane the name of the Lord. Thanks for joining us today on The Verdict. I'm Michelle Davies. Today's program with Pastor John Monroe was produced and sponsored by Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina.